Welcome to the Bunyip and Ayotashli podcast. Welcome back to Bunyip and Ayatashli, a speculative fiction podcast. Please consider liking and subscribing. I'd really appreciate You also might see a link to the tip jar. If you like what I do and have the means, please consider supporting me. It might someday pay for hosting. This week I have for you two fairy tales. One's from the German fairy tales compiled by the Brothers Grimm, and the other one from the English fairy tales compiled by Joseph Jacobs. Neither have actual fairies involved, but they're fun nonetheless. Both are classics, but these versions you might not have heard for a very long time, if at all. I'll start with a German story, and that's all about a name. Rumpelstiltskin By the side of a wood, in a country a long way off, ran a fine stream of water, and upon the stream there stood a mill, and the miller's house was close by, and the miller, you must know, had a very beautiful daughter. She was, moreover, very shrewd and clever. The miller was so proud of her that he one day told the king of the land, who used to come and hunt in the wood, that his daughter could spin gold out of straw. Now this king was very fond of money, and when he heard the miller's boast, his greediness was raised, and he sent for the girl to be brought before him. Then he led her to a chamber in his palace where there was a great heap of straw, and gave her a spinning wheel, and said, All this must be spun into gold before morning, as you love your life. It was in vain that the poor maiden said that it was only a silly boast of her father, for that she could do no such thing to spin straw into gold. The chamber door was locked, and she was left alone. She sat down in one corner of the room and began to bewail her hard fate, when on a sudden the door opened and a droll-looking little man hobbled in, and said, Good morrow to you, my good lass. What are you weeping for? Alas, she said, I must spin this straw into gold, and I know not how. What will you give me, said the hobgoblin, to do it for you? My necklace, replied the maiden. He took her to word and sat himself down at the wheel and whistled and sang, Round about, round about, lo and behold, reel away, reel away, straw into gold, and round about the wheel went merrily, and the work was quickly done, and the straw was all spun into gold. When the king came and saw this, he was greatly astonished and pleased, but his heart grew still more greedy of gain, and he shut up the poor miller's daughter again with a fresh task. Then she knew not what to do, and sat down once more to weep. But the dwarf soon opened the door and said, What will you give me to do your task? The ring on my finger, said she. So her little friend took the ring and began to work at the wheel again, and whistled and sang. Round about, round about, lo and behold, reel away, reel away, straw into gold. Till long before morning, all was done again. The king was greatly delighted to see all this glittering treasure, but still he had not enough. So he took the miller's daughter to yet a larger heap and said, All this must be spun tonight, and if it is, you shall be my queen. As soon as she was alone, that dwarf came in and said, What will you give me to spin gold for you this third time? I have nothing left, she said. Then say you will give me, said the little man, the first little child that you may have when you are queen. That may never be, thought the miller's daughter, 
and as she knew no other way to get her task done, she said she would do what he asked. Round went the wheel again to the old song, and the mannequin once more spun the heap into gold. The king came in the morning, and finding all he wanted, was forced to keep his word. So he married the miller's daughter, and she really became queen. At the birth of her first little child, she was very glad, and had forgotten the dwarf and what she had said. But one day, he came into her room, where she was sitting playing with her baby, and put her in mind of it. Then she grieved sorely at her misfortune, and said she would give him all the wealth of the kingdom if he would let her off, but in vain. Till at last her tears softened him, and he said, I will give you three days' grace. If during that time you tell me my name, you shall keep your child. Now the queen lay awake all night, thinking of all the odd names that she had ever heard, and she sent messengers all over the land to find out new ones. The next day the little man came, and she began with Timothy, Ichabod, Benjamin, Jeremiah, and all the names she could remember. But to all and each of them he said, Madam, that is not my name. The second day she began with all the comical names she could hear of, Bandy Legs, Hunchback, Crookshanks, and so on. But the little gentleman still said to every one of them, Madam, that is not my name. The third day one of the messengers came back and said, I have traveled two days without hearing of any other names, but yesterday, as I was climbing a high hill among the trees of the forest where the fox and hare bid each other good night, I saw a little hut and before the hut burnt a fire, and round about the fire a funny little dwarf was dancing upon one leg and singing, Merrily the feast I'll make today, today I'll brew, tomorrow I'll bake, merrily I'll dance and sing, for the next day will a stranger bring. Little does my lady dream, Rumpelstiltskin is my name. When the queen heard this, she jumped for joy, and as soon as her little friend came, she sat down upon her throne and called all her court around to enjoy the fun and the nurse stood by her side with a baby in her arms, as if it was quite ready to be given up. Then the little man began to chuckle at the thought of having the poor child to take home with him to his hut in the woods, and he cried out, Now, lady, what is my name? Is it John? asked she. No, madam. Is it Tom? No, madam. Is it Jemmy? It is not. Can your name be Rumpelstiltskin? said the lady slyly. Some witch told you that! Some witch told you that! cried the little man, and dashed his right foot in a rage so deep into the floor that he was forced to lay hold of it with both hands to pull it out. Then he made the best of his way off, while the nurse laughed and the baby crowed, and all the court jeered at him for having had so much trouble for nothing, and said, We wish you a very good morning, and a merry feast, Mr. Rumpelstiltskin. This second tale is English in origin and involves an ogre, a cow, and of course, magic beans. Jack and the Beanstalk. There was once upon a time a poor widow who had only one son named Jack and a cow named Milky White, and all they had to live on was the milk the cow gave every morning, which they carried to the market and sold. But one morning Milky White gave no milk, 
and they didn't know what to do. "'What shall we do? What shall we do?' said the widow, wringing her hands. "'Cheer up, mother. I'll go and get work somewhere,' said Jack. "'We've tried that before, and nobody would take you,' said his mother. "'We must sell Milky White, and with the money do something, start a shop or something.' "'All right, mother,' said Jack. "'It's market day today, and I'll soon sell Milky White, and then we'll see what we can do.' So he took the cow's halter in his hand, and off he started. He hadn't gone far when he met a funny-looking old man who said to him, "'Good morning, Jack.' "'Good morning to you,' said Jack, and wondered how he knew his name. "'Well, Jack, and where are you off to?' said the man. "'I'm going to market to sell our cow there.' "'Oh, you look the proper sort of chap to sell cows,' said the man. "'I wonder if you know how many beans make five. Two in each hand and one in your mouth, said Jack, as sharp as a needle. Right you are, said the man, and here they are, the very beans themselves. He went on pulling out of his pocket a number of strange-looking beans. As you are so sharp, says he, I don't mind doing a swap with you, your cow for these beans. Walker, said Jack, wouldn't you like it? Ah, you don't know what these beans are, said the man. If you plant them overnight, by morning they grow right up to the sky. Really, said Jack, you don't say so. Yes, that is so, and if it doesn't turn out to be true, you can have your cow back. Right, says Jack, and hands him over Milky White's halter and pockets the beans. Back goes Jack home, and as he hadn't gone very far, it wasn't dusk by the time he got to his door. What, back, Jack? says his mother. I see you haven't got Milky White, so you've sold her. How much did you get for her? You'll never guess, mother, said Jack. No, you don't say so. Good boy. Five pounds? Ten? Fifteen? No, it can't be twenty. I told you you couldn't guess. What do you say to these beans? They're magical. Plant them overnight, and... What? says Jack's mother. Have you been such a fool, such a dolt, such an idiot as to give away my milky white the best milker in the parish and prime beef to boot for a set of paltry beans take that take that take that and as for your precious beans here they go out the window and now off with you to bed not a sip shall you drink not a bit shall you swallow this very night so jack went upstairs to his little room in the attic and sad and sorry he was to be sure as much for his mother's sake as for the loss of his supper at last he dropped off to sleep. When he woke up, the room looked so funny. The sun was shining into part of it, and yet all the rest was quite dark and shady. So Jack jumped up and dressed himself and went to the window. And what do you think he saw? Why, the beans his mother had thrown out of the window into the garden had sprung up into a big beanstalk, which went up and up and up till it reached the sky. So the man spoke truth after all. The beanstalk grew up quite close past Jack's window, so all he had to do was to open it and give a jump onto the beanstalk, which was made like a big plated ladder. So Jack climbed and he 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 climbed till at last he reached the sky. And when he got there, he found a long, broad road going as straight as a dart. So he walked along and he walked along and he walked along till he came to a great big tall house, and on the doorstep there was a great big tall woman. "'Good morning, Mum,' says Jack, quite polite-like. "'Could you be so kind as to give me some breakfast?' 
for he hadn't had anything to eat, you know, the night before, and was as hungry as a hunter. It's breakfast you want, is it? says the great big tall woman. It's breakfast you'll be if you don't move off from here. My man is an ogre, and there's nothing he likes better than boys broiled on toast. You better be moving on, or he'll soon be coming. Oh, please, Mum, do give me something to eat, Mum. I've had nothing to eat since yesterday morning. Really and truly, Mum, says Jack. I may as well be broiled as die of hunger. Well, the ogre's wife wasn't such a bad sort after all, so she took Jack into the kitchen and gave him a junk of bread and cheese and a jug of milk. But Jack hadn't half finished these when, thump, 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 the whole house began to tremble with the noise of someone coming. Goodness gracious me, it's my old man, said the ogre's wife. What on earth shall I do? Here, come quick and jump in the air. She bundled Jack into the oven just as the ogre came in. He was a big one, to be sure. At his belt he had three calves strung up by the heels, and he unhooked them and threw them down on the table and said, Here, wife, broil me a couple of these for breakfast. Ah, uh, what's this I smell? Fee-fi-fo-fum. I smell the blood of an Englishman. Be he alive or be he dead, I'll have his bones to grind my bread. Nonsense, dear, said his wife. You're dreaming. Or perhaps you smell the scraps of that little boy you liked so much for yesterday's dinner. Here, go you and have a wash and tidy up, and by the time you come back, your breakfast will be ready for you. So the ogre went off, and Jack was just going to jump out of the oven and run off when the old woman told him not. Wait till he's asleep, says she. He always has a snooze after breakfast. Well, the ogre had his breakfast, and after that he went to a big chest and took out of it a couple bags of gold and sat down counting them, till at last his head began to nod, and he began to snore till the whole house shook again. Then Jack crept out on tiptoe from his oven, and as he was passing the ogre, he took one of the bags of gold under his arm and off he peltered till he came to the beanstalk, and then he threw down the bag of gold, which of course fell into his mother's garden, and then he climbed down and climbed down, till at last he got home and told his mother and showed her the gold and said, Well, mother, wasn't I right about the beans? They are really magical, you see. So they lived on the bag of gold for some time, but at last they came to the end of it, so Jack made up his mind to try his luck once more at the top of the beanstalk. So one fine morning he got up early and got onto the beanstalk, and he climbed and he climbed, and he climbed and he climbed and he climbed and he climbed, till at last he got to the road again. And he came to the great big tall house he had been to before. There, sure enough, was the great big tall woman standing on the doorstep. Good morning, mum, said Jack, as bold as brass. Could you be so good as to give me something to eat? Go away, my boy, said the big tall woman, or else my man will eat you up for breakfast. But aren't you the youngster who came here once before? Do you know that very day my man missed one of his bags of gold? That's strange, mum, says Jack. I dare say I could tell you something about it, but I'm so hungry I can't speak till I've had something to eat. Well, the big tall woman was that curious that she took him in and gave him something to eat. But he had scarcely begun munching it as slowly as he could when, bump, 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 they heard the giant's footstep, and his wife hid Jack away in the oven. All happened as it did before. In came the ogre as he did before, said fee-fi-fo-fum, and had his breakfast off three boiled oxen. Then he said, wife, 
bring me the hen that lays the golden eggs. So she brought it, and the ogre said, Lay, and it laid an egg all of gold. And then the ogre began to nod his head and to snore till the whole house shook. Then Jack crept out of the oven on tiptoe and caught hold of the golden hen, and was off before you could say Jack Robinson. But this time the hen gave a cackle, which woke the ogre, and just as Jack got out of the house, he heard him calling, Wife, wife, what have you done with my golden hen? And the wife said, Why, my dear? And that was all Jack heard, for he rushed off to the beanstalk and climbed down like a house on fire. And when he got home, he showed his mother the wonderful hen and said, Lay to it, and it laid a golden egg. Every time he said, Lay. Well, Jack was not content, and it wasn't very long before he determined to have another try at his luck up there at the top of the beanstalk. So one fine morning he got up early and went on to the beanstalk, and he climbed and he climbed and he climbed and he climbed till he got to the top. But this time he knew better than to go straight to the ogre's house. And when he got near it, he waited behind a bush till he saw the ogre's wife come out with a pail to get some water. And then he crept into the house and got into the copper. He hadn't been there long when he heard thump, thump, thump as before, and in came the ogre and his wife. Fee, fi, fo, fum, I smell the blood of an Englishman, cried out the ogre. I smell him, wife, I smell him. Do you, my dearie? says the ogre's wife. Then if it's that little rogue that stole your gold and the hen that laid the golden eggs, he's sure to have got into the oven. And they both rushed to the oven, but Jack wasn't there, luckily. And the ogre's wife said, There you are with, again with your fee-fi-fo-fum. Why, of course, it's the laddie you brought home last night that I broiled for your breakfast. How forgetful I am, and how careless you are not to tell the difference between a livin' and a deadin'. So the ogre sat down to the breakfast and ate it. But every now and then he would mutter, Well, I could have sworn. And he'd get up and search the larder and the cupboards and everything. Only luckily he didn't think of the copper. After breakfast was over, the ogre called out, Wife, wife, bring me my golden harp. So she brought it and put it on the table before him. Then he said, Sing. And the golden harp sang most beautifully. And it went on singing till the ogre fell asleep and commenced to snore like thunder. Then Jack lifted up the copper lid very quietly and got down like a mouse and crept on hands and knees till he got to the table, when he got up and, and got hold of the golden harp and dashed with it towards the door. But the harp called out quite loud, Master! Master! And the ogre woke up just in time to see Jack running off with his harp. Jack ran as fast as he could, and the ogre came rushing after, and would soon have caught him, only Jack had a start and dodged him a bit and knew where he was going. When he got to the beanstalk, the ogre was not more than twenty yards away when suddenly he saw Jack disappear like. And when he got up to the end of the road, he saw Jack underneath climbing down for dear life. Well, the ogre didn't like trusting himself to such a ladder. And he stood and waited, so Jack got another start. But just then the harp cried out, Master, master! And the ogre swung himself down onto the beanstalk, which shook with his weight. Down climbed Jack, and after him climbed the ogre. By this time, Jack had climbed down and climbed down and climbed down till he was very near home. So he called out, Mother, mother, bring me an axe, bring me an axe. 
and his mother came rushing out with the axe in her hand. But when she came to the beanstalk, she stood stock still with fright, for there she saw the ogre just coming down below the clouds. But Jack jumped down and got hold of the axe and gave a chop at the beanstalk, which cut it half in two. The ogre felt the beanstalk shake and quiver, so he stopped to see what was the matter. Then Jack gave another chop of the axe, and the beanstalk was cut in two and began to topple over. Then the ogre fell down and broke his crown, and the beanstalk came toppling after. Then Jack showed his mother the golden harp, and what with showing that and selling the golden eggs, Jack and his mother became very rich, and he married a great princess, and they lived happily ever after. I hope you live happily ever after as well. You might add to your happiness by liking and subscribing so you don't miss an episode. You might try, too, to look for and check out the Daily Bunyip Bites, which are shorter stories and poems of all kinds. Meanwhile, I shall hopefully appear in your ears next week. Thank you for listening.